Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. Real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Hey, girl, hey! <laughs> this is me, like, look, we've just spoken with Michelle Buteau. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's not today's episode, but that's where we're coming from. That's the energy. That's the energy. That's the energy in our bodies. Energy that we're putting out in the universe. Yes. Energy we're going to put out on the picket line. Honey, we putting it out everywhere. We yeah. putting it out everywhere. I'm screaming and I'm swinging. That's me on a picket line. Imagine Dragons played the Netflix picket line. I'm not, y'all. I am not here for these picket lines being Coachella. I'm not here for these picket lines being a picnic. It's a picket, not a picnic. And there are too many side activities. We only like 10 days into this thing. We don't need to be having all these little side activities. Wait, hold on. My Black Flag cover band got booked <laughs> for to, which, to, perform, which? to perform at the Fox 
picket line. Wow. Okay. Bookings. Maybe that's where all the WGA dues are going <laughs> to to booking acts. Yeah, yeah. We got five thousand dollars. <laughs> Picketing ain't supposed to be fun. <laughs> Fighting for your rights ain't fun. You're supposed to show up there. You're supposed to be hot. Maybe have one friend to talk to. Do you mean be hot like attractive or be No, sweating. Like- <laughs> I mean sweating. You're supposed to be sweating. So you, want this, you want this to be as difficult as possible for us for the next three to five months. I don't want it to be as difficult as possible, but when it seems like it's too much of like a summer camp or a festival, uh-huh. I think it can muddy the message. I think it can muddy the message when it seems too fun and funky fresh. Wait, so you're angry that there was a station where we could make friendship bracelets <laughs> last I'm, week. I'm living that there was a make-your-own-crepe station, okay? <laughs> I said, I'm here for my rides. I can't be talking to someone about adding Nutella. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. It was only savory crepes. So Naomi's <laughs> like, well, what if I go buy Nutella? Will you put that on there? And uh, they're like, exactly. no. That's my action. Yeah. That's me taking action. Go to the picket line, go buy Nutella. I'm kidding, you guys. There was not a make-your-own-crepe station. Yes, Just to was... clarify for those who are... <laughs> Not so familiar with the yeah. ins and outs of the, not- of the Writers Guild strike. <laughs> I want to make sure you know there was no make your own crepe station. Yeah, let's let's go through this. There was no make your own crepes. There was no friendship bracelets. But uh, there was Imagine Dragons. But Imagine Dragons did play at the Netflix picket line yesterday, which would be playing on a street corner. Okay, mm-hmm. I also want you to know that that's the vibe is too. They're on a street corner. Okay, I don't know if someone brought amps or what. But they did their thing. Yeah, could have been acoustic. I don't know. Could have been acoustic. Could have been acoustic. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But it's like, you know. So Andy and I are making a point of not going to the popular yeah. picket locations because they are really just giving party vibes, and we need to go where maybe they could use a higher body count. Yeah, where are the angry loners? <laughs> <laughs> that's where. That's our solidarity. Absolutely. Look, we have solidarity with everyone that is striking. Of course. But we of have course. more solidarity with, with angry loners. With angry loners. <laughs> Who are also like, Jesus Christ, someone get me a parasol. <laughs> Those are our people. Oh, yeah, I'm in my hat era now. Yeah, Andy's in his hat era. I'm in my reels era, <laughs> even though I only post once every two weeks. I can't take it. <laughs> I don't, posting reels, it like opens you up to too many people because you just are, so many more people see it and everyone assumes that you are acting in bad faith. Mm. And they also assume that you're like, part politician where everything you say is like affecting every marginalized group and that's not to say that words don't have impact i ain't saying that you're not affected but it's like they really come at you like how dare you and it's like wow i mean in the clip people were laughing (laughs) i didn't realize i didn't realize that actually i was affecting policy in a negative way i don't understand what like is there a specific thing that you said in a in one of your clips I mean, honey, somebody in Brazil was like, we have to denounce this fetishization of um, people with mental illness or something. Because, like, my clip from the Two Dope Queens about how, like, a man on the spectrum. Uh, it's like, people just, it's like, what? Well, they're like, am I fetish? That's just, there are it's some. Like this, it's like, okay, okay. If that, like, if that's the way you took that, uh-huh. I no longer have control of that. You know what I'm saying? And it's right. like, you have to be open. But I actually turned comments off because it was like, there are people and then people are like, well, if you like that, well, then you must be on the autism spectrum. Oh, no. And I was like, sure, maybe. I don't know. Like, it's like, okay, like, why are you trying to do a gotcha moment? It's like, if you don't like it, keep it pushing. Well, I mean, there are some people online that will, that either, either lonely or just like raring for a fight or whatever, that will look for any excuse. If you ran for a fight, why don't you go on a picket line? If you ran for a fight, and then I don't even mean WGA picket, go fight somewhere. Go take that energy towards an actual cause. 
and like use it for good. You can take on an attitude and give it to somebody who actually needs it and who you could actually maybe bend to your will a bit. But you're just over here making an already sad comedian feel bad. <laughs> Andy, this is a Patreon. We're getting too deep. We're actually we're almost getting into Patreon. By the way, territory. speaking of which, I, I want to thank, you know, last time we mentioned we're on strike, so we're not getting paid. And we suggested maybe people join the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, we, I think I said, times don't change, uh, over and over. Uh, a, a lot of people did. First of all, thank you to everyone that's already subscribed. Yes. Thank you to the new Page pals. So grateful for you. That's so kind of you. So kind of you to reach into your wallet and heart. Uh, it is very, very appreciated. So we are going to make sure we give you the best bonus apps we got. Mm-hmm. Okay? Giving you all the tea. Yeah. What is that URL, Naomi? If, if you want to join the Patreon, if you want to be in solidarity with us. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. By the way, I'm kidding. I have not tried to use I'm not trying to use socialism and Marxism <laughs> as a way to get you subscribed to the Patreon. Just so we're clear. We're really Let's clarifying a lot in this yeah, episode. Yeah. No friendship bracelets. Yep. No crepe station. Right. Andy does not have a black flag cover band. Uh, I do not. Thank God. Yes. Uh, the Imagine Dragons did play. Imagine Just so we're play. clear. Uh, not try to use left politics uh, right. as, to a, take your five as a consumer, <laughs> as, a, as a way to get you to be a consumer. Naomi, I... I've been saving this letter Ooh. for a week where we didn't have any updates yet. Or we're recording this a little early, so I haven't actually gone through to see if we have updates or we have responses to Deborah's episode. Yeah. So I'm using this opportunity to read you. This is this came mostly for you, oh, but okay. I want to... Okay. I, th- I thought it was a fun letter. Okay. Okay. This came to our Gmail account. <laughs> Why'd you whisper it? <laughs> <laughs> Just like changing the energy. Okay, okay, okay. I was going to call, then I wimped out. But I absolutely have to write now. Why? Ani DeFranco said so. <laughs> well, not directly, but essentially. I began listening to your podcast winter of 2021 to 2022 and wow. fell in love immediately. Wow. One of the fun and funny things I was delighted by in the shuffle of the pod, I shuffle older eps because at that, at that point, time was irrelevant. <laughs> uh, in each episode that was gifted to me by the algorithm, Naomi mentioned Ani DeFranco. Wow. I'm doing that a lot then. <laughs> I thought that was just weird and wild. Ani has a, is it Ani? Am yeah. I saying it right? Yeah. Ani has a special place in my heart, and apparently Naomi's, for a very specific time in my late teens and early 20s. Yes. Before her shows, I would write to Ani's publicist and tell her I was a photographer for NYU's school paper. I didn't even know if there was one. And they would give me press passes for each show I requested. Wow. Uh-huh. Badass pics from the front row, baby. Watching Ani shred her guitar and sing her heart out was moving, to say the least. I'll rustle up some... Vintage picks. <laughs> I love this. They wrote vintage V I N dash T A J. Vintage picks to send you, Naomi. Nostalgia City, baby. So there Ani was in my head, courtesy of Naomi and couples therapy. And then bam, Ani shows up in a dream. <gasps> up until that point, Ani and Robert De Niro were the only two celebrities to previously make appearances in my dreams. I gotta say, Naomi. Wow. I hate it when anyone tells you their dreams. This I'm okay with. I'm into the appearance. Uh-huh. I'm, we're really I'm into, into the cameo. Exactly. I was going to say celebrity cameo. I was going to say celeb cameo. Celeb- <laughs> Unconscious celebrity cameo. So let me get back to the, the letter. Why De Niro? No fucking clue. So Ani, courtesy of Naomi, has visited me twice in Dreamland. At that point, I was like, what is even happening? While listening to the pod, every time Naomi would mention Ani, I'd chuckle and say, next time she mentions Ani, I'm calling. Recently, Naomi mentioned Ani with Jen Tulloch. I almost called then. 
Then with either Rachel or Senya, she did it again. I was going to call, but the cherry <laughs> on top was right after the most recent mentioning, I happened to get onto Facebook the first time in months. And whose face is staring right at me? That's right. Ani fucking DeFranco. I laugh so hard. Like, what the hell? Naomi, this is, That's we're seeing little... convergences happen. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, why are you astrally haunting me? I haven't <laughs> thought about Ani this much in 20 to 25 years. Thanks, Naomi. <laughs> While I listened to Ani in the late 90s, early 2000s, I've since drifted into other musical soundscapes. So this Ani infiltration wow. has been a blast from the past, Naomi. You and I were probably bobbing heads at the same NYC shows. So I didn't call in, but I did have to let you guys know about this very odd <laughs> and very specific celebrity alive person haunting via your podcast. Naomi, do you know how much you mentioned Ani DeFranco? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow, wow. This is kind, but also I'm being called out in a way. You know what I mean? Because they really did name check the multiple episodes in which Ani is mentioned. Okay. And it's like, okay, this is maybe too much. Maybe this is too much. But I do associate her music with a certain emotional state in a certain emotional time. I can't help it. I get it. You put on a super chunk song from uh, <laughs> from On the Mouth. Takes me right back to high school. It's called On the Mouth, one of the albums. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I can't get down. I can't get down. <laughs> But you know what I can't get down with? What? Promoting my show. Hell yes. Because quite honestly, if you're listening to this, that means you have two chances to see me perform at the Elysian Theater in Los Angeles. First chance tonight, this very night, May 16th. You can come see me. I will have the lovely and also friends of the pod, Deborah Giovanni, who you recently heard, and Amy Miller. Mm. They're going to be opening Ooh, baby. I'm doing a longer set, like a 30, 40 minute jam. We are having fun. It is working out without sweating. That's what we're calling it. Masks are required. I will have an air purifier on stage. It's a <laughs> safe space. So if you've been feeling like, I wish I could go to a theater, but everybody out here just raw dog and breathing on my face. You know what? Tonight's going to be different. Mm -hmm. And next week, May 23rd, you can see it one last time. I'm going to have a wonderful opening act. You don't know who they are yet. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. But you know what? You can get some tickets. Elysian Theater, both shows, 7.30 p.m. I say you're in bed by 10, depending on how far you got to drive. That's the vibe. <laughs> That's the vibe. In bed by 10. Working out. Having fun. So come through if you can. Naomi, I, I got to stop you. Because we got to get to today's episode. You're right. You're right. You're right. Today was a fun one. This I got to look. We were a fan of this person. We were a fan of this person. We were a fan of them. And we really, and it was also so weird and surreal to then explain to them why and how we found them. <laughs> and they were really open to it, considering it was like, so this one time? Mm -hmm. um, and who we are talking about is Ari Notar Tommaso. Mm -hmm. Ooh, honey, singer, actor. You can see them right now in Greece, Rise of the Pink Ladies on Paramount Plus. All the eps are up. And oh my God, it's fun. It's so fun. So make sure you watch that. But before you do, why don't you listen to us talking with Ari? Roll it. Ari, while we were waiting for your headphones to charge, you did have mm -hmm. to talk to us off mic for like 10 whole <laughs> minutes. You know, um, I think you did great. I know that's a lot of pressure. Um, but you talked about being from Pennsylvania. Wait, hold on. What was the pressure? Was it the that it was not recorded? And yeah, then, like, you know when you have to like maintain a conversation. Mm. I'm telling you, I walk into every podcast. I go, how long? I can give you exactly that. So <laughs> the fact is, you had to do a little more, and I want to acknowledge that. 
I, want to know I mean, that. I feel like there's less pressure having it just be a conversation. I've never done a podcast before, so I feel like there's, at least for me, it's like a little bit more pressure than it's now that we're recording. Well, you could not have picked a better nice. one for your first. Oh wow, this is huge. This is good. Yes, we're 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 nice people, and we don't, you know. We, as you said, it's about being conversation. I don't like when someone, because you know, I'll tell you this: people have you out here doing these podcasts, but they don't know how to have a conversation. It's like, excuse you. <laughs> Why would you even host something and then you don't know how to talk to people? Naomi is still livid. <laughs> there was one she had to do when she was promoting her Netflix special where it felt like a job interview. And to yeah. this day, she will still bring it up. So that's the, hey, that's the couples therapy promise. Not a job interview. This is not <laughs> a job interview, Ari. Not a single where do you see yourself back, in five thank years. Thank God. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Now, so yes, Naomi, you were saying I was Pencil- before, about Pennsylvania. I, before I so rudely interrupted you, you wanted to talk about Pennsylvania. Okay, because it's, I'll say this, okay? Andy is from Reading, Pennsylvania. Andy loves to talk about a Pennsylvania repression, a mm. sort of Pennsylvania Dutch repression. Now, I will say this. <laughs> Ari and I are from two different generations. I'm guessing, Ari, you're, you're a Zoomer, right? Ari's young and fun. You're- I'm 24. <gasps> yes. Zoom. Young, fun. Young, yes. fun. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm old and joyless. And <laughs> I'm the dust of the universe. <laughs> and so there might be, I, I just want to throw That's that true. out there. There might be generational differences between my zenial. Right, 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 right. Pennsylvania could have grown up. Right. It could have, it could have changed. So I want to ask, and I, I, this is, I think, what Naomi was yes. uh, intimating. Did you feel, did you grow up in Pennsylvania or did you just go to Penn State? Born and raised. I, okay. I lived there for like t- 19 years. 20, Where? wait, 21 years. What am I saying? 21 <laughs> years. What's, what city? I grew up in, I grew up in like Wilkes-Barre area. My girlfriend's from Scranton and I lived like 20 minutes away from, from Scranton. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I once saw a Weezer in Scranton on the Pinkerton tour. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's right. That really does give you that age diff. That's um, my Scranton story. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but was it, you know, was there this sense of everything's fine? We don't talk about things. Really? Yes. I kind of just thought that was like a, like a, just like a, I don't even know. Like, I just, I thought that was like a thing for most people, but I guess that's maybe it's just a Pennsylvania thing. I No. Yeah. I mean, I, I like grew up in like a, I mean, both my parents grew up. My mom grew up super poor, my dad and my mom were both like sort of working class, but my mom works for the federal government and sort of got into like the middle class mindset by the time I was born. And I thought that was just like a middle class, like white thing. Like I, I just thought that was like a part of that whole, like, I don't know, just like experience of the world and like trying to make sh- everybody know that like everything is perfectly fine or maybe just a Catholic thing. But I mean, yeah, maybe that's like a Pennsylvania thing. I want to say it's a Pennsylvania thing only because Jewish... I'm pointing at myself mm. for the listeners. I know, just saying, or just Jewish, just saying the word Jewish. <laughs> and you're like, what? I just throw it into conversations, just the word Jewish, see how people react. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't, you got to figure out who the Nazis are these That's days. That's true. So if you just say Jewish and you see like, and like they get cat's eyes and hiss. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm. they're Nazis. Yeah, that's a fun way to do it. You guys try that in your everyday conversations. Yeah. But no, yeah. I, what I'm trying to say is that, that I think it, whether you grew up in Pennsylvania, Catholic or Jewish, or... Any other religion of the other six. There's only, there's only eight. <laughs> the okay, only right? six religions that exist. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But but no matter I think the 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 centuries 
of Pennsylvania Dutch repression mm. are mm. soaked into the soil. In the soil. And then whatever vegetables you eat, <laughs> whether it's a cabbage <laughs> from Harrisburg or uh, a or- carrot from Hazleton, you get that repression in your bones. And I don't know, but maybe it is a uh, a class thing too. I don't know. I'm not. I'm really not sure. I just know that like all of my friends and I were kind of similar, right? And that like not saying emotion, and that it's just fun because that's just been fun about our journey, you know. Because then Andy chose to um, entwine himself with a loud black woman, and I won't have it. I won't have this repression, okay? <laughs> and so I like to come in there, stir up the pot. I like to go because I'll be like, "How have you been friends with a person for 20 years and don't know basic shit?" About right, <laughs> and then he's like, "We don't talk about that stuff." Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, what? What? <laughs> or even just like the ability to articulate my emotions. We started watching Love Is Blind season four, and the people, the contestants on it, are having. Maybe it's uh, we do know that behind the scenes they are drunk all the time, mm. and that the producers <laughs> push alcohol on them to make that happen. So it might be that they are just like totally blitzed and don't <laughs> don't have the vocabulary to articulate their emotions in that state of mind but it seems like they can't it's i i i it seems like they learned how to articulate emotions from walking through the greeting card aisle of target oh Something no like <laughs> a so, hallmark oh, emotional yeah. capacity yeah 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 exactly so i i but i empathize with it because i think that's where i was when i was growing up in pennsylvania all of that mm-hmm. is to preface was that your experience emotionally? Yes. <laughs> I would say yes. I mean, it also like depends. My dad is one of the most emotionally open people that I have ever witnessed in my in the entire world. And so I feel like I had and my parents divorced when I was six. So I had these like two super different kind of like household experiences where like I would bring my like Catholic repression and also I guess the Pennsylvania Dutch repression into like my dad's household and he'd be like, what is going on? Just tell me what's going on. And then I'd bring my like openness to my mom's household and she'd be like, please don't tell me about this. Like, I don't know how to navigate these feelings. So I, yeah, I like weirdly, yes, it's like, it's definitely true. And it's also like, I mean, maybe it is also the prep school situation, Mm. but like we never talked about anything in high school either. Like it was only it was only because I was in theater that I feel like I ever had like an emotionally deep conversation with another human being. Okay, so that's the question then. Is that where you learned to express your emotions? Because I would think to be a good singer, an actor, a performer, Mm -hmm. I think even like musical theater more than anything else you have to mm-hmm. understand the emotions that's because true. It's all, like, that's I, true i don't know i can't give you a reason it's more <laughs> of a gut feeling that that's how it is that's what has to happen well if, i mean i guess if, if you're good if you're good sure. and you know as people who have sat who have sang in our house can i tell ari this sure <laughs> that, <laughs> so excited well it's very embarrassing to us uh your run in is it called the last five years? Oh my gosh! Wow, you really dug. Uh, no, 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 no. We didn't. That was no. That, it that was, was brought into our lives because you know it did go viral oh. momentarily, and then it's something that we're obsessed with. And then, like very recently, we spent. A I good, would say like three months ago, maybe two months ago. Yeah, we spent like a good hour just like just watching it over and over, over and again. over, <laughs> and me going, mm, uh, taking it up, taking it up. Like <laughs> Ari, for the, for those that don't know, Ari made. Did this 
what, what would you call like melisma? Is that the kind? Is that the actual? I think phrase it's called for, a, yeah, maybe. A run. I, I, it's the a run. run. Yeah, it's a run that defies gravity. Move over a Dina in that <laughs> yeah. sense. It really, yeah. But it also, is... it's like a, it's like it looks like you're in a black box theater. Like it's, it's really yes. giving. It's giving just like bare bones down home. Mm-hmm. But then let me hit a note that I didn't what's, even know could what, happen. Hold on, let's let's explain. What's the name of the song? It's called Climbing a Pill. Climbing it's been a long hill. time. I'm climbing yeah. uphill, daddy. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, hold on. Also, because I there's a lot I to unpack in that song. There's a lot. The <laughs> fact that lot. the the character in the movie says her boyfriend's name, but in the original musical is talking mm-hmm. to her father right. and says, "I'm climbing uphill, daddy." And it's such yep. a there's a yeah, lot it's like of very it's stressful. Very it's a stressful when an adult um, yes. also just uh, uses the word daddy. But I find is just, so towards true. a parent. Yeah. Towards a parent is a problem. Right. But the character yes. is auditioning on Broadway all the time. Like the whole song is how mm-hmm. they keep auditioning on Broadway. Maybe they'll give up and just go uh, go couch shopping with their mom. And in it, uh, who who is it? Who plays the Anna Kendrick? Is that who plays Anna the, Kendrick, movie? Yeah. The, in movie. the movie? In the movie, in the movie. I don't know why just, we're fixating <laughs> on the movie when the whole point is the whole thing is the line is 2,000 girls belting as high as they can. That is the mm-hmm. phrase. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the way you performed it, especially, there is this um, what I really connected to was the the frustration there's an anger to it there's like mm-hmm. a throwing away especially like to hit a note so high while also throwing it away because you're so annoyed by these 2000 girls mm-hmm. i mean i i have to tell you i went and looked at every other clip on youtube of people <laughs> singing that no one is saying it as well as you did no one has no one has including in the movie no one has no one oh no one has no one that's has a it. spicy take <laughs> Spicy take. That, that's the kind of drama we're starting. Uh, is us right. saying no one has it. No one. <laughs> so, okay. So, so this goes back to so the this is, musical this theater. Is, yes, and all this the goes back to, yeah, what I'm trying to say is like, I feel like you had to learn how to articulate your emotions at some point to do that. <laughs> and is that true? Or have I just made up a story about you? Well, look, we're in too deep. Both of us here, too. <laughs> No, no, you're in the right amount of depth. This is, no, this, you're exactly right, too. Like, I mean, I feel like two things. I feel like theater is, like, a safe place to, like, explore. First off, like, just empathy generally. Like, being able to, like, have a character that is not you and then try to, like, put yourself in their shoes was, like, a great way of figuring out how to be a person. But then also, like, it's sort of a, you know... It, it's sort of, I feel like it's the one place on earth that it's sort of a positive thing if you're able to break down in tears in front of other people. <laughs> you know, it's sort of seen as like this, like something that's kind of like, you know, whenever you can share your emotional depth, like you are praised for it. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like in any other capacity, you're sort of like shoved down and like told to shut up and like yeah. not share that. And like, so yeah, I definitely think that has to do with it. I mean, also, I, like I said, my dad is like, this is the second part is I feel like my dad is like one of the most emotionally open people I know. And he never stopped me from crying like when I was a baby and growing up. So I feel like it was a combination of sort of having never totally lost the ability to like fully just have a tantrum when needed. Like I'm, mm. I'm sort of known to just like, if I need to, I will just go into my bedroom and like scream into a pillow and start sobbing. Like I will just do that. And I feel like part of that has to do with my dad. And I also feel like part of that has to do with the like culture of, which is in some case, like super toxic, like <laughs> sh- sh- give me your deepest trauma and like cry on the floor, like good job person. Um, but 
you know, so I feel like it's kind of a combination of both of those things. And like, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not, but it definitely, yes. The answer is yes to your question. (laughs) Well, you know, because, um, did you major in theater in college? I did. I did. Musical theater. Right. So like, I guess you're also like, you know, only being 24, like you're still, you know, it's only been a few years out of, out of all Mm. of that. But it's interesting because I've been, I started taking an acting class recently. And one of the things I really struggle with, um, being around actors and one of the things is like it's really yes. tough and it's one of the reasons why i've been so resistant to taking a class um in these later years like high school college that again there is a you know as we're saying is like there is this value um to being raw being open but what can i think then happen is there could be this um your life can then become performative and there's mm. a self-consciousness that can come with constantly per- presenting ourselves right like actors is like like when when you when you pursue a field where someone tells you multiple people repeatedly the type of person you are mm-hmm. this is your type it's really hard to then just let go of that and just mm-hmm. like be regular and not think about how you're being perceived when for so many years you've been taught to manipulate people's perception because mm-hmm. like that's the work you just like psychoanalyzed me better than any therapist i've ever had has <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you're right like it's it is like a huge amount of pressure i also started doing theater when i was six years old so Ooh. it it started young for me yeah. where i like and i also like i was very badly bullied like all throughout grade school and it took mm. me really until college and still until I kind of found like how to be a human being like I never knew who I was and I do think part of that was like why I loved theater so much because I kind of got to explore that and also part of that has to do with me being non-binary like and and being able to explore gender and stuff um and just like being a person that's outside of what is expected of me but like it does definitely get confusing so like that's why like during the pandemic which I feel like was a huge eye-opener for a lot of people I it was the first time that I stopped performing it was the first time for that I ever spent longer than three months not Mm. on stage and also not performing to like other human beings like who I was and that's when I came out as non-binary and that's when I started dating you know people who are not men and so it was like this So I kind of had a like a crisis personally. Like I was like, who am I? Like I don't have. I'm not like wearing a jewel tone dress. I'm not like (laughs) auditioning. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a musical theater girly anymore. Uh, You know, like this isn't who I am. I've been lying to myself this whole time. And so when I finally got to like go back into auditions, I had already come out to my agents and to like my parents and to myself. And like I got some time to kind of like be a human being first which i think honestly like uh, as awful as the pandemic is in every single capacity it does not um, i feel like undermine any of the traumatic experience that any of us experienced um but like for me that in that one specific way it actually helped me in my life yeah it was like a tool well without eyes on you it forced you to get quiet in a way that because mm-hmm. when you're go go going you don't get time to well do you mind if i ask at what stage like of lockdown what semester were we in here (laughs) how far how far in did you start did you start having to kind of like think through these things well i mean i've been having a gender crisis since i was born like i don't you know it wasn't like it was like the first time i've ever been like what is this like who am i (laughs) but i it was i feel like the first 
the first moment for me was right before the pandemic happened when I had my first girlfriend and I was like, oh my gosh, like she's super femme. That means I get to be masculine. Like it sort of like opened the sort of butch femme dynamic, like had entered my brain and allowed me to like explore maybe that I wasn't the feminine one in the relationship Mm. in quotes, I say. Um, But, and then, so like that was the first moment for me. And then like a few months later, I would say like six months in, I was like, oh, I am genderless. Like, I, like, entered the abyss of, like, like you said, like, being quiet in my mind. And I just, like, entered the abyss of my inner self. And I was like, wow, that sounds so deep. Um, But no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't that deep. It was like, oh, my God, like, I don't have to wear anything that I don't want to wear. I don't have to say words or present myself in a way that is expected of me, both because I'm not in a show right now and also because there is no one looking at me except for myself. Um, and like, it was, yeah, I would say like six months in, I feel like is when I started like kind of having a little bit more of a concrete understanding of what was going on internally. And then like, once I, I worked at my dad's record store for like the whole pandemic, um, the first year oh, of it so and it was like cool your dad's hip and cool oh yeah my dad is a very Record cool store. Human being. i okay. am deeply uncool so it like works well we balance <laughs> each other out <laughs> wait where's your dad's records i, I want to get back to this but where's your dad's record store wilkes-barre pennsylvania oh it's in it's Wilkes-Barre. in like the in the square the, Pen- the wilkes-barre square anyone who lives in pennsylvania if you want to go it's a really great record store it's called musical energy Ooh. and he's been in business for like 30 years I'm trying wow. to think if i if you know, there are only a handful. There's one in Kutztown. There's a good one in Kutztown. There was a good, like, mm. where that my friends and I would go to. Yeah. So only a handful of good spots is basically what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To get the goods. Yeah, to get yeah, the yeah. good stuff. For sure. For sure. If you want, <laughs> if you were trying to get, like, I mean, now who cares, right? You can just go on and yeah. find anything anywhere. But, like, if you really, if you really care about records, Naomi. Oh, I, I yeah, know. About vinyl. I, I've seen High Fidelity. <laughs> No. If you're like, I want to find those original pavement seven inches. All right. You got to find yeah, a yep. store. Oh, yeah. But, uh, or, but you wait, know, can, I, can I ask when that first, when you're like, you said your girlfriend was femme and you're like, oh, I can be butch. Did that, how did that strike you? Was it, was it suddenly like, oh, I can be butch? Or mm-hmm. like, how, what was the flavor, I guess, is what I'm asking. Exci- <laughs> were you saying, like, was it exciting, is what you're asking, Andy? Like, kind of, was it, was it? Yeah, I want to know, like, how it, like, how it struck you. Was it more oh, like, yeah. oh, I can be butch? Or was it like, oh, I can be butch? Or, oh. It was like a, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel know, like it's, like, have one. you ever watched Hot Ones, the, the like, YouTube series where people Yes, will- yes, I have, and it, it baffles me. I want to start a popular YouTube show yeah. where... <laughs> People where celebrities come over and clean out our litter box with us. That's what I want to start. I want Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk lives 15 minutes away, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I think about 15. All right. Uh, I want him to bike over here and we're going to clean out the litter box together and talk about Lucky Hank. But that's not what Ari was telling us. Sorry, go on. No, but wait. do think that's a great idea because i personally love like whenever i'm having a depressive episode if my friends come over and hang out with me while i clean it's like mm. that's when we get that's like when i connect to people i would definitely do that i would come clean your litter box That'd be okay so well great andy this is the this is a big plan <laughs> finding people who come and clean the litter box uh, the sorry, next andy. best thing <laughs> No, you're yes. good. <laughs> yes, I feel like it's that, you know, whenever someone, they like, they're like doing well, they're like, oh, this is like great, you know? Like in the beginning, I was like, 
oh, this is just fun. Like, I'm just like giving myself an undercut in like, (laughs) in my kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it was like super fun. And then there was a moment where it like kind of hit me that it was more than just like expressing my masculinity that I was doing. Like, it was like the, the moment where they're, they sort of put the music in and zoom into their eyeballs and you sort of realize they're having a revelation. It's like, you know, hot wing number six or something (laughs) like that. I love it. That's I when I was it. like, oh, like this is, this is, mo- there's more happening here. And it was super exciting. I was like, oh my God, I'm on Hot Ones. Like, this is great. Um, <laughs> but then it was like, oh, wait, I'm having like a super, like, <laughs> you know, like, um, how do I say this? Just like a very vulnerable, I was like in a vulnerable state about it, you know, like mm-hmm. for a little bit. And then I was like really, and then it continued to get harder and more exciting. Um, and then I was like, wow, I did that. Look, here we, here we are. I've yeah. completed the like ten hottest swings in the world. <laughs> was was there an actual like breakthrough moment, or was or am well, I? You know what's so funny it? about that? No, it, it, there was like literally. I'm not even kidding. A, a period of three days after me and my ex girlfriend had broken up. At this point, it was it, yeah. It was like halfway through the pandemic. I um I. I was like, finally, after that relationship, I finally felt like I could actually like, genuinely like ask myself the questions of like whether or not I'm non-binary and like what pronouns I want to use. And it was, I hadn't actually like literally allowed myself to ask myself if I was, like I couldn't say the words I'm non-binary out loud, but it was like, and I hadn't really even questioned whether or not it was real. And I never said it to anybody. Like there's no words that I spoke to other people, at least like within like the, during, during the first year of the pandemic. And so I literally like within two days, I had the realization and then I was like, oh, it's okay if I tell people. And so then I just posted it online on my Instagram. And I was like, here are my pronouns. I'm non-binary. Like, <laughs> unfollow me if you want. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, like, just I don't care anymore. So it was literally like I was like, I identified as a cis woman. And then within three days came out as non-binary. And like, actually, so it was like, yeah, it was like a huge revelation, weirdly. But it, I mean, it was like a bunch of things that were like, you know, the right. dominoes had been falling for a long time. I just didn't realize it. Right, 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 right. Well, not weirdly. It's what you said. It's, it was a huge revelation, <laughs> weirdly. And I'm like, well, no, it sounds not like weird. Lot. Not weird at all. I mean, it's all, you know, part of that and sort of what it does look like, you know, the decision for anyone, right? A decision you make and then mm-hmm. how you choose to convey that change to the people in your life. Or just people in general, right? Whether they, you know, close, close or not close. Um, but it does feel like, I'm also getting like, there's, I'm thinking of you just like cool teen record store (laughs) hanging out with sensitive dad that year. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the journal entries were epic as well. Ari said they weren't cool. But it's feeling cool to me. Like, you know, giving yourself an undercut in the kitchen sink. You know what I mean? In front of the kitchen sink or whatever. Like, this is feeling cool. cool. This is feeling cool. Also, I think to me, finding what um when you when you feel comfortable in your skin and you find what that is whether that is like a career uh, you know the di- whatever the thing is that makes any person feel like oh i'm me i'm me now mm. that is a, that feels like a cool moment to me it's almost like superpower it's the montage of the movie where the person <laughs> gets their skills it's when you put the band together like that's what i'm thinking that's why it's st- it still feels cool to me i kind of agree with you now you've changed my mind i've always kind of <laughs> felt like i mean maybe it's that i 
<laughs> it was really, that was a really good way of putting it. Because I feel like I've always felt like anything that made me different, you know, was like something that was di- like difficult and made my life hard. And so I kind of have always just sort of like, oh, that's not cool. Like, it's not cool to like struggle, but that's not true at all. Like being vulnerable and sharing struggle and like working through struggle is really cool. Cause you're like, the world is telling me that I should not be myself and that, you know, everything that is true about me is wrong. Um, and then standing up for that and like, you know, being yourself regardless and like, you know, just being into, you know, human liberation generally, like is so cool. Like what? Yes. Why have well, I been I'll- judging myself about this? This is what we're saying, you know, mm. for the for the listener, you know, uh, the listeners who can't, you know, you can't see this. Ari is wearing a sweatshirt that says homosexual from hell with red <laughs> flames. That's cool. When you see the sweatshirt coming, you're like, that person's cool. That person's probably safe. <laughs> that person gets it. You know, I don't, you know, it's just, um, especially when, of course, is, you know, as you're saying, too, with, you know, from age six in theater and performing and, mm-hmm. you know, all of, I mean, it also, too, right, like, Aren't there a lot of sort of when it comes to musical theater, it's like if you have a voice in this range, these are the characters you will play. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of like because I also like I back when I sang like I was really more of a tenor and it was like, oh, well, they're not a lot of options for you as like lady tenor. And that's mm-hmm. just an example of just the rules that people place on you, right? For all these little things. And so you were coming up in that world. Yeah, like, you know what's so funny? You mentioned the the last five years video where I'm like belt, belting as high as I can, that, that whole thing. And then I like have a sort of undercut about it and I'm like, oh, it's so annoying. Part mm-hmm. of that is because people have always been like, oh my God, you can sing so high. Like you are like, you're the best singer just because you can sing in a high octave. Like it's so annoying to me because I feel like, the least interesting part about like singers generally and also like my own voice is the fact that we can sing high like that's like just because you can sing high doesn't mean that you are a good actor doesn't mean that you (laughs) have like you know can like you know have any I feel like people who have interesting voices people who have like their own like different ranges and stuff like I just I, I feel like I'm the least interested in the like prescriptive musical theater girl high octane like super you know, piercing high, you know, runs. Like, that's, like, the least interesting thing to me, personally, whenever I'm, like... I mean, not that it's not amazing and, like, super... You know, people are very good and talented, but, like, that's, like, the least interesting. I love when people have interesting voices. Like, I love when musicals... You go through an entire musical and you're not, like, wow, they sang so high. You're, like, oh, my God, they have an, had an emotional journey, you know? Like, yeah. that's what I want. Yeah, and you yeah, must yeah, have yeah. gone crazy for Hades Town. <laughs> I loved that show. Did you love I it? it? I was so there was I was livid. Okay, <laughs> you were, there were livid. Couple, there were a couple. There was a couple. I said I'm sorry. I can't because like mm-hmm. I think it's a, there is like, a, like I love powerful vocals, but it's when I'm watching because you know I was lucky enough to grow up in New York and we would go see mm. plays. I would get the student discount and like you know I'd wait in line and do all that kind of stuff. And so to me, I was always sitting there being like, "Wow, this person does this eight shows a week." Do you know what I mean? Like when I would hear power and I was like, it's mm-hmm. not just the show I'm watching. It's that they do mm-hmm. it all the time. That's so you true. Know? But I also think that it is cool the way shows have changed, right? Because I think there, for a long time, only a certain kind of show was on Broadway. There was only mm-hmm. one kind of show on Broadway. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, we can see. And now it's IP. 
all IP. Intellectual property all the time. Spider-Man, turn off the dark. Spider-Man, turn on the dark. Anything with Spider-Man and the dark. We're so true. See but see, that's the thing, though. They tried to have Spider-Man turn off the dark, and then Spider-Man was like, "Ow, my back!" And then they were like, "Okay, we can't. We can't have Spider-Man doing nothing." Where's my Where's my X-Men musical? Oh no! <laughs> you should write your X-Men musical. But wait, I here. Let me see if I can uh, okay. tease this out a little bit. Tease Ari, it. are you saying that? Because this is the way I saw it. Mm-hmm. That like just being able to sing high, it's like someone who can who's like really good at say like shooting a three pointer. Uh, but not in, not in like a, not in a basketball. <laughs> are you, are you making a sports reference say, right now? Is that what's happening? Because I'm not going to say, understand it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to preface that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, everyone. I was about to say <laughs> okay, basketball you, show. I was a about to say, because I went in my head and I was, I, I, it was like a Rolodex in my brain. I was like, match? No. <laughs> then I went, show? No, definitely no. not. It's not a basketball show. In a game of basketball. Okay. Look, you have to you have to be more well rounded to to be a good player, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can just drain threes, that's like one thing that you can do. Uh, if you can do it reliably in a game, okay, sure. But I'm just saying, like, if like the person who's like who who can like th- drain threes while I everyone's just, I, hold on, no, let me finish, Naomi. Okay, I, okay, okay. Because you know me, I am the biggest fan. <laughs> Of all sports. And so this metaphor. All right, let's go with an X-Men metaphor. No, no, but what I'm trying to say is that there's like there's a difference between just being able to do one thing Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. someone who can who can like once you're in the game can do a bunch of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I understand what you're saying, but here I'm gonna I'm gonna do it differently though, because I think it's this idea of, like there it's is a the difference metaphor. between technical skill for technical skill's sake. Yes, and mm-hmm. what it is to feel something in your bones and put it out there. Yes, and I think that's what we're talking about. Where it's like, and again, it, it's you know to, to hear you say this, you know, and thinking of that performance, and that's what is so kind of fun about it because there's something about do because you literally do this thing that is very difficult mm-hmm. and you cannot be bothered like the the performance of it is not you know the performance of it is like okay uh, you, <laughs> you're happy you're happy you heard it next mm-hmm. and that is exactly you know what you're saying about that that ability which is which i think is an interesting way to look at it but also the only way you look at it when you can do it, okay? It's because you can do it. That you're like, okay, whatever. I know. What am I doing, like, shitting on, like, being able to sing high when it's, like, one of my favorite things to do in the world? But no, you're right. Like, it is. Like, there's, like, there's so much more behind it. Like, why is this character singing high? What is it about this, like, what does it mean? Tell me what it means, you know, instead of just, like, showing off. And I think that's maybe what it is, is that I, like, I, I, I'm, like, less interested in watching people show like show me how talented they are and more interested in like watching someone like follow along and, and also like what am I talking about? I love watching people show off. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> no, but I, I know what you're saying yeah, about no, the performance like in of football, it. right? Oh like, no, back <laughs> the sports with references they keep coming. <laughs> I am not no, serious, but, but I also think too what you're saying is obviously again when you're in something because I feel that way about stand up a lot where like mm. for me. I want you to perform on stage. There's a part of me mm-hmm. that's like, we're on a stage. People have paid. They have to sit there. You better bring it. Don't come mm-hmm. near and do the equivalent of basically reading tweets. Do, where it's just like flat <laughs> delivery of mm-hmm. the finger. Why are we watching you then? Like, why are we here for it? Like, even if it is funny and well-constructed, 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not why I watch a performance and why I choose to sit in this spot for 90 minutes to two hours, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I concur. I concur. Yes. You want there to be something compelling about the performer and Toto. And Toto. Mm. And Toto. And Toto. And Dorothy and Toto. One last question before we take a break. Are you a therapy person? That's what I was going to ask. I have been in therapy for the majority of my life. I've been in therapy since I was 13. So wow. over 10 years. Is this uh, is this uh, stemming from the parental divorce? <laughs> no. Well, I'm sure in some deep-rooted way that is the case. But it's um, I, I had a lot of mental health issues when I was in, um, in high school. Um, like even, I mean, before like in middle school and I, I didn't really tell anyone about it. And so, and through like a bunch of adults taking care and like making sure that I'm okay, they, they found out about it. And then I started in therapy and I loved it. You did. Even and I that still do age. it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I started therapy. It was more like student council, like uh, the teacher counselor mm, you know, at school. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to say that you, you, you know, you loved it. Like, is that because you were already used to expressing yourself? So it felt like a natural extension? Because me, I felt like, for instance, like I was very much like, what you want me to say? Why are you listening? <laughs> Especially because also, too, this is also like an old white man where I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I trust you and I don't know why you're pretending like you care. There's no way you could possibly mm-hmm. care. You know, like, I was really re- like, I wanted to talk, but I was resistant. I'm to- hip. I understand what you kids are going through. Exactly. <laughs> he was right. like, are you sad because you're black? And I was like, not really. I mean, of course, he didn't say that simply, but I think it was like, right. it was like, you're in this private school. Is like yeah. this. Like, like, in a way, I think he was like, ooh, I got a black one. Ooh, I'll get to really right. unpack some issues here. <laughs> That's what I think it was. It's like weirdly about him instead of like you, the child who is need- in need of therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you found a good match early and we're like, okay, we can do this. Well, yeah. I mean, I did and I didn't. I mean, he was also this, like, older white man who was, like, trying really hard to, like, understand and, like, relate to me. Um, and he did not have any under, like, he had, there was not a single part of his brain that was like, oh, this is a closeted homosexual and that is why this person is in pain. Like, there was never, ever, ever any doubt of that. I mean, there's also, like, I, you know, I had a, not, like, the most traumatic like experience being a young person but like you know divorce is hard like parents no matter how hard they try they like still mess you up you know and like I was being bullied so there was like a lot of other things to deal with and I kind of loved that I could I think what I loved about it was that I could tell this person things and they didn't have to they didn't tell anybody else like I always felt like if I shared something with one of my parents like the other one would know about it or like if I shared something with like a friend the whole school would know about it and it was really nice to have this sort of person that I could tell things to and not have them be like you're crazy and bad and I hate you and I don't want to be your friend anymore you know it was like oh that's interesting why does that happen and let's talk about it and you're okay you know. Yeah, that, I like yeah. that. That's how it should go. This is good, and it's it's <laughs> yes. still going. Um, now, what do you look for in a therapist nowadays? You know, now that you can choose a bit more. Not that you obviously mm-hmm. you could have when you were thirteen or fourteen, been like, I don't like this person, but it's different when you're you know grown. Totally. What what what's ideal? What's the vibe? What's the plan? What's the wish list? Yeah, what's if the there was list? a Tinder profile for therapists, <laughs> right. I wish there Sorry. were. Psychology Today, kind of, but they don't give us enough information. So true. Information. That's true. They do have like a little bio, but they write that themselves. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, that's such a good question. I had a therapist in Pennsylvania before I moved to New York. 
um, in 2021. Yes, 2021. And I really loved that she, she like really knew how to listen to me without like getting involved. Like she, she would let me just say words and allow me to like be honest. And she would kind of react as if nothing I could say was a big deal. Like nothing that I could say, nothing I could hit her with was like gonna, she wasn't going to be like, oh my God, like I'm not the right person for you. Like it was, it was never too much. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really loved her. She also like, whenever it was necessary, was like very like maternal and kind and like listening and like, you know, it was really sweet. Um, and then I had to move to New York and we, she, I was out of state. So I, I haven't talked to her since, which I'm really sad about. Um, but since I've sort of like, I, and also immediately after I moved to New York within like six months, I moved to Vancouver, um, for six months to shoot, uh, to shoot Grease Eyes the Pink Ladies, which is the show that is coming out currently mm-hmm. that I'm on. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I've, I've been trying to find another therapist. And I, it's like, it's kind of hard to find a therapist that you feel like, before I was trying to find a therapist that I could kind of have a through line with for like years, like I would find someone that I felt like I could be with for a long time. But now I really can only have a therapist at like four or five months at a time before I have to leave to go somewhere else. So now I feel like the specific therapists that I'm finding are people that work for the thing that I want to work on now. Like Mm. if I want to work on like you know, being a person that is now more in the public eye and like what that means for me personally, like now I'm finding specific therapists who do those like sort of catered, like it's like parts of me. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Does yes, that yes. make sense? A focus, a focused almost like yeah, focus. an intensive in a way where you're like, okay, exactly. I'm here for this time. This is specifically what I would like to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like when uh, people would come to UCB for and uh, do all the improv classes in one month and then go back to uh, Oklahoma or something. Okay, that's that's okay. Yep, that's a good metaphor. That too. Uh, yeah, you know, you know it, might just be, like, it might be sport. <laughs> just like in lacrosse. Oh, oh, oh. my god. <laughs> I just where I feel like I would get that one a little bit more than <laughs> Well, I was gonna say it feels very Penn State for some reason, lacrosse. But I don't oh, know. Really? I'm thinking of it as fancy Penn State. That's so true. I mean, I did go to pre- I did go to prep school before I went to college, and we there was a lot of lacrosse there. So uh-huh. that I feel like is where I get that from. <laughs> yeah, even my middle class high school had a lacrosse team. So, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure my school did, but because we were in the city, like lacrosse, they went somewhere. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, they had to go play somewhere else. So it's like I never really crossed Roosevelt Island. Exactly. Hey, why don't never we take watched a quick it. break? Exactly. And when we get back, we're going to answer your advice questions. We'll be back after this. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with Ari Notar Tommaso, here to help you handle your scandal, honey. They're here for us. They're living a hot wings life. They're therapized, revolutionized, more emotionally healthy at 24 than I was at 34. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? We all need to go to the record store. That's what I think. I think I could use a year at a record store working for a so true. It is. It's it's like going. Jay Notar Tommaso, that's my dad. <laughs> Go find him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What early Bee Gees record will help? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay. We no. get questions from all over from Gmail, Instagram, Twitter. Not Twitter so much anymore. I'll no, say that. that. Yeah, it's all. I'll Rest in peace. Uh, we get voicemails. All our right. favorite, of course. Naomi, what is that number? 323-524-7839. As I always say, three-minute limit, y'all. So focus. Okay. Focus. This one, this is a friend thing. We've never had this before. That's why I want to do it first. All right? Okay. Ready. Hi, guys. Um, I love the show. And... I'm so grateful to have you guys in my life. Um, so I have a question trying to figure out if I did the right thing. I went to go visit my friend, um, drove all the way out to see her, uh, but I got too sick to stay and I had to leave. And she had scheduled to go see a concert while I was there. And I kind of, asked if I could go along, and she said, sure, and so I bought a ticket. So I had to leave and um, obviously couldn't go to the concert anymore. It was about 35 bucks. Um, And so the morning of the concert, she asked me to email her the ticket so that her girlfriend could go, and I said, sure. Um, If she decides to go, uh, you can give her my Venmo to cover the ticket. Mm-hmm. And it got kind of uh, chunky from there. You know, I got the sense from her texts that it was like, well, how dare I ask to be paid back for it? You know, to have her girlfriend buy the ticket off of me. Um, you know, and now she's not texting me back at all. And so I'm getting the impression that she is upset because, one, I kind of ruined our trip being sick, and two, because I asked to be paid for the ticket. So hopefully I didn't do the asshole thing, um, and let me know what you think. I, money's always been a difficult spot in this friendship as well um but since she asked for the ticket i thought i might as well put it out there Mm -hmm. um love you guys 
Bye. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's so hard. I know. Yeah. What are you thinking? What are you thinking, Ari? I mean, I feel like, you know, money is always such a hard part of really any relationship, especially in, like, late-stage capitalism, which is what we are currently experiencing. Like, um, and so I I can understand why there could be difficulty around money inside of any relationship, friendship, you know, romantic. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I just feel very, I feel very bad for this person, you know, who I, at least to me, it feels like a, to a super valid question to like, you know, ask for a Venmo for something that they had bought. And is, you know, it, it, I can see why that would be, you know, why money generally would be a difficult thing, but I also feel very much like, at, at least if this is the full story, this feels like the, the, it's a totally valid thing to say to somebody that you care about, like, regardless of how close you are as a friendship, like, that is a ticket that you have bought, and your friend who wants to take that ticket for another person if you would like them to pay you back, they should do that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's weird that the friend just expected uh, the yeah. caller to give them the ticket. I think that's yeah. a strange thing. Unless, I, I, you know, again, I grew up pretty set, right center middle class. And I never had a ton of disposable income until... <laughs> Uh, a year ago, a year ago, two <laughs> years ago, maybe. I don't know. You know, there were definitely twelve, uh, twelve to thirteen years where I was just broke, yeah. and mm-hmm. I know that. Fe- but I also like was raised with a kind of like very bourgeois feeling, where I'm like, well, mm. we don't talk about money, and so I get that feeling in your head, even though like you don't have money, but you don't. So like you, you like it feels weird even now for me to ask someone like, hey, you owe me money. It feels really yeah. weird, and I feel like, and part of this is, I I think this is like a uh, ruling class virus that they've infected into us. Well, sure, because they're fine ripping everyone off. They're <laughs> fine. They're, I would well, just, yeah, we I don't just, talk about money so that rich people can stay rich. Because if we talked about money, we would know how they are just like killing us all, right? In so the pursuit of profit. That's was, why they tell us not to talk about money. I just tweeted <laughs> mm-hmm. this earlier today, but. Uh, the day we're recording this, uh, it was just revealed another Supreme Court justice has been dealing with doing like corrupt business dealings. Yeah. And so these people have been doing this for decades. No problem. Naomi and I just tried to deposit the wedding checks we got that were addressed to both of us. <laughs> Congratulations, the by banks, the way. Yeah. Thank you. The banks refuse to allow they us. Will to, they will not let us put it into my account. Pe- put it into her uh, account. Literally, we show up together, check with, indoors. I brought ID. every possible ID <laughs> that I own, including uh, envelopes addressed to us to yeah. show us uh, my passport just in case. Yeah, they uh, will not let us. Will not let us. And it was like, well, you can open a joint account. Don't tell me what to do. That's not what we what? do in this relationship. <laughs> right. I was like, and I said, I was like, we've deposited checks in the past and they're getting passed, you know, long time. It's not like we get them a lot. And then the guy's, oh yeah, the thing, it's changed. The thing is, and it's like, you got, like, they, I they brought say, a vial of my blood. <laughs> I brought a vial of my blood that I extracted from my own veins and they still would not let us deposit these checks. And then they go, you can ask, you can, you can uh, have that, you can have the checks reissued to one of you. I go, I write into a bunch of people to reissue a gift. I was like, these are gift. Like, right. and I go, thank you so much. So if you could actually just like do it again, um, mail it again to our house. Uh, but this time, one person, 
Bank of America really said, we don't want you to succeed. We ain't here yeah. for you to have We don't money. want your money. But that's, I mean, that is part of this kind of like late capitalism. We're stripping the copper wires out of the walls type thing where they don't need your money or, or your customer, you as a customer yeah. to make money because they're, right. mm-hmm. there's so many like, illegal they're running so many scams. Yeah. At this point, that that that's I think that to me is the kind of like surface thing. It's like, oh, right. It's all falling apart <laughs> because when you go to try to like legitimately give businesses money, they're just like, yeah, we don't really need it. We don't. Really it's need okay. it. We're we have a stock scam. We're running. <laughs> so we really don't, you know, but this idea. But I'm going to say like, because this is the thing that can be so tricky. And so I think it's like and what you're feeling right now and kind of why you're like, hey, did I do the right thing? It sucks when we work hard to set a boundary or stick up for ourselves and that is not respected because mm. that's what happened you were like hey just hook me up and again also the friend got angry i'm sorry to interrupt you but it just like the friend got angry because you got sick how well, how do you get angry at someone for that it's a bummer you may feel bad right. you're, you're like, disappointed uh, yeah. that the, the time didn't go as planned but it's not like you know but i think that it's look you bought a ticket that ticket then went to someone else who was able to enjoy it. So now they pay for the experience of attending the event. Just, like mm-hmm. that's literally all this is. It's literally transfer. You're just transferring this. And so just have a Venmo me for the concert that she enjoyed. Like that's all you're saying. This is not personal. This is not, I'm trying to gouge you. You're not adding fees. You didn't say here's a finder's <laughs> fee. Just pay me back for the ticket. If you want to see the new pornographers, on the mass romantic tour. Okay. Pay the 35 bucks. Pay the 35 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that to me is, you know, but this is the thing we don't like, there's all those layers to it. Like you said, cause, and this is where it's funny, right? Cause I'm like, okay, there is a limit, but you got to give me all the details and the message limit because it was mm-hmm. only towards the end that they were like, money has always kind of been an issue in, yeah. this, in mm-hmm. this friendship, right? So that's that's the crux of this. Something else is going on here. And so maybe the friend the uh, the friend, the friend, friend with the girlfriend was sort of like, oh, well, there's already a bought ticket. You can come to the concert now. And thought, I don't know why they would think, but thought, well, it's a quote-unquote free ticket because that's it had such- already been bought. Because I don't know why else you would be tripping. Like, I don't understand why else you would be mad. So it's like, you know... Do you deal with this at all now that you knew you work and have money, but you're also 24? And so I bet a lot of your friends also don't have money. Like, it's a different yes. thing. Cause I know now that I have, like, I am a little more comfortable. I will kind of pay for things or I'll try mm-hmm. to. Yes. But my big thing, too, is like, and I'm like this all the time. I'm always like, how much was it? Let me pay you back. I always say, I don't want debt between us. And mm-hmm. I think that comes from me. I don't know about you. Like, this was, this was, this is one of the things I got from private school, being around rich kids, like rich <laughs> kids, where it's yeah. like, I don't do things that I can't afford. Like I know going mm-hmm. in, what can I spend? What will I spend? What are we doing? But when I go, I'm an equal to you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I may not do as many things, but when I go, I'm there and I don't want you thinking I need help or a handout. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, I think that's all of that from my childhood, being around those kind of people where I'm very much like, no, I'll pay you back and I'll do it immediately. And give me yeah. your Venmo right now. And I'm scanning it at the table. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, my, so my girlfriend grew up, uh, like, pretty, like, I feel like it would be a good thing, it would be, like, true for me to say that they grew up, like, working poor, like, um, and so Sunny, like, and I, especially after I got this job that pays me a a lot more money than I've ever seen before, um, 
there like was a lot of change in our relationship. Like we had to have a lot of conversations about like rent, like, you know, I can afford more rent than they can now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we, we did more of like a percentage thing where they like pay what they can relative to their income, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of like splitting it 50, 50. And like, I can, you know, sometimes they'll get sort of like, they'll get that sort of like gut response where they'll be like, I will, I have to pay you back for this. Like we have to split groceries down the middle. And I'm like, but, but, but no, like we don't actually, cause I make more money than you. And so that sort of conversation can definitely like get kind of complicated sometimes, but I feel like being able to talk about it is like, you know, cause I, while I do make more money, I'm not like making millions of dollars, like, you know, yeah, you and I'm also say, like trying to, <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, also how are the I work Paramount for... plus streaming residuals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's like just to like a 22 year old, like right out of college, like it's, uh, you know, especially since I, I've been working like, you know, theater clubs, like at summer, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's the kind of money that I have. Like, you know, it's, it's like, it was a huge jump for me right. and it really changed a lot of like my relationships, like my friends and stuff who all went to musical theater school, some of them very rich, some of them not at all. And like I, whenever I, you know, hang out with my friends, college or not, like there is, at least for me, I feel like there's now this sort of pressure for me that I'm creating myself where I feel like I have to pay for everything, mm. even when I can't, like even when it's outside yeah, of my budget, because I'm that. like, don't spread the wealth, spread the wealth, you know, and, but I'm not like the 1%. And I feel like that's the thing with this, this like this caller is that like unless you are jeff bezos like you know i feel like it's kind of hard to expect friends to pay for things you Mm -hmm. know like even if they get a a new job or they get some kind of you know you never know what kind of situation someone's in fully and like Mm -hmm. if you start to expect those things of your friends like you said like having debt between friends can be really difficult like Mm -hmm. you know someone's financial situation and and what, what they're comfortable you know paying for or not paying for like I feel like should be, you know, a boundary once you set it, like that's your boundary and like having hard feelings about that. Like, you know, it, unless there's some, like you said, like some other context or something that we're missing, like it, yeah, it's like complicated, but it also like is pretty straightforward. Like pay me for the ticket that I bought. You know? <laughs> and, and and if your friend won't, unfortunately, I, I don't think this is one of those things. Again, you can't. I'm not saying go to small claims port, court, but I am saying no. So um, no, I think you should sue um. But I am saying stand yeah. gr- stand firm in this. I don't, I don't have to stand your ground, but we can't use that phrase anymore. Uh, uh, no, it's no, don't really use, sick. Don't. But stand firm in this and don't rush to say forget it, forget it. I didn't mean what I said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no, you are right to ask. You can't control what happens next. But you did the right thing and ask, and that's it. That's it. I'm mm-hmm. like, you did it, and I would also ask yourself, look inward, and be like, do is this friendship worth throwing away for thirty five dollars? If if the friend at the end of the day does not Venmo you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not again. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. but I think it's, but I think it's also something you know, you know now going forward. You know, like you don't the friendship, but also again, our caller isn't trying to ruin the friendship. No, but it's right. a friend that's but, ignoring but them. That is definitely like the seed of a resentment that yes, could grow. It's a seed of it, of course, of course, <laughs> seed of a resentment. It's true. It's a seed of a resentment that could flower, that could blossom. <laughs> now, Ari, do you have time for one more cue? Oh my gosh, I have all the time in the world. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Wait, what don't we do? Air, AirPods holding on, hanging on by a thread. Yeah, it's doing really great. I might have to switch soon, but I think I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> Do you want to read this one? This comes to us from uh, an Instagram direct message. Okay. Hi, Naomi and Andy. Love the podcast. And I need some advice on parents being nosy on social media. 
I have always assumed <laughs> my parents occasionally stalk my social media and might have found my personal Twitter account where I tweet about my relationships. But mostly I'm just tweeting dumb jokes about what TV shows I'm watching. So I was like, whatever. However, yesterday my mom and dad called me together in a very, quote, intervention tone, end quote, and oh, said, no. I need to stop posting what I'm posting on Twitter about a tweet where I said I, quote, hooked up with a guy, end quote, and they said they're afraid I'm going to get AIDS, will never be oh. in a real relationship, and will never be taken seriously in my career. My mom also said that I'm trying to win some fake contest for being as progressive as possible on Twitter and have become very close-minded, LMAO. Oh, my goodness. My Twitter is mostly tame, and my real name or photo is nowhere on it, and I'm 27, LOL. I don't even know how they keep finding it, and I don't know what to do. I keep finding it. I keep changing the name. I keep changing my picture. I think they literally think I'm going to get AIDS because I have consenting, a se- consenting sex with other adults, but I've never been in a full-blown committed relationship before. Needless to say, I grew up in an extremely sex-negative household. <laughs> and that is the end of that. So there was no specific question, but yeah, it's like, how do you stop your parents from? I did not read this whole thing. I just read the in. first the top part of it to, uh, and I thought maybe you were younger than us. This is something you have dealt with. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> our parents don't understand social media. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Tell. Let us know because that's well, what, okay. that's also part of what you're talking about too. Again, about becoming a more public person. Yeah, I will say that I do feel like there's a lot more going on than just like parents like. Looking at, you know, looking at social media, like, I feel like there's like, you know, like you said, like the sex positive household does not exist. Like it's, you know, there's a lot more going on. But I, I do also feel like while I am 24, my parents are, are a lot older than me. So my dad like knows how Facebook works. Mm-hmm. and kind of Twitter, which is becoming less and less relevant. And my mom does not have any social media accounts at all. She has we Google. Love so so there really has that hasn't come up, you know? Mm-hmm. That really hasn't come up. There has been a few times where my where I've posted something on social media that like an old friend from like grade school has like told their parents about and then my mom found out, yeah. but it wasn't my mom looking at social media. But I do feel like I I totally get this sort of difficulty where like you're you're sharing yourself online you have a private if you have a if you don't have a very close relationship with your parents outside of like the the sort of childhood that you have or like you know like those very quick conversations you need to have with your parents like there can be a whole other part of you that they never see Mm -hmm. and then with the rise of social media and being able to like find people online suddenly your parents have access to this part of you like without consent really like without really Mm -hmm. having explicit like conversations with them in your own time like they're especially if they're trying to like seek that out it can be so hard i would imagine to like even feel comfortable posting anything online at all because it's like but yeah so i totally get that like there have been so many times where i've like said something about like my relationship with one you know one of my parents or like a family member or something because i'm like sharing that with like my friends online especially now i mean now that i'm you know i have more people following me it's a little bit different i don't post the same kind of things anymore but it was a lot it was definitely very weird and i've had a lot of sort of private accounts that i knew that they would never be able to find simply so that i could just like be myself and like share the parts of me that i couldn't 
like I had like a Tumblr for a long time that was like just like a bunch of like I was a huge fan girl kid like I had a lot of fandoms that I loved to post about I was like a huge nerd and I would like post things that were like kind of gay but like they never would find them you know right. but that's right. harder especially now that this person's like an adult you know right. like there's also a whole other part of that too I mean I relate because I've actually dealt with this a few times in different iterations mm. um, most recently and I was talking about remember when okay so you know the wedding was recently my mom I had I tweeted just the fact I go, I sent my mother a picture of me in my wedding dress and she said, call me. Mm. I don't want to. <laughs> Correct response. Correct right. response, right? Correct and response. I put that up because I was like, we all know, and I think especially it's almost a generational thing where like if you text someone, they say call you, you're like, this ain't going to be good. So I just want to put out. My mother doesn't follow me. She doesn't have Twitter. But you know what she does have? <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> and you know oh, what no. Yahoo thought they'd do? A roundup of funny tweets. <laughs> when I tell you this wasn't even viral, I said, how did this even make it to Yahoo? I'm like, I'm mad at Yahoo. I don't know how they know. And when I tell you, I got a text. I got a, I got an email and a text. Where she was like, well, I always see those Yahoo tweets. And I thought you were funny. But I didn't know that this was going to be what was there. You know, whatever. And I was like, oh, oh no. fuck. <laughs> so that was like literally just four months ago. Then... Ages ago, I tweeted something, and this is again, this is and this ages ago was like you know back when Twitter was just for fun, and again it is tricky when part of being a comic you wanted to build up your social media presence, so I'm mm-hmm. trying to just like do stuff, and I tweeted something where I referred to my estranged father as a deadbeat dad, <laughs> and I guess yeah. I guess when you estrange, you try to find your kid somehow, and that was on Twitter, oh, and gosh. I get it, and I get a text from like my aunt who's like your father is very upset by this tweet. And it was like, that tweet wasn't for him. Like I've never tweeted assuming the man I never speak to follows me. So Mm -hmm. I think this thing right here too, you know, your parents, you know, person is written in, it's really annoying, but I think you, I think there is a line where you go, my Twitter is as, you know, first of all, as they've said, right. Which is that, um, I don't use my picture. I don't use my name. Um, cause this is your parent trying to parent you. These sound like and, Fox News parents, too, because my mom also said I'm trying to win some fake contest for being as progressive as possible on Twitter. That sounds that to me sounds like conservative parents. Well, this is also, again, the parents. I think what you were saying too, Ari, where you're like, oh, when you don't talk to your parents very much, this is your parents wanting to know about your life. They want to know you more. And so they go online to find out. And the fact is that turn off Newsmax and talk to your child. <laughs> it's also like this. There's a reason I don't tell you stuff. And it's because you're reacting mm-hmm. this way. And it's also like, I'm 27 now, so you cannot control what I do. You can be concerned, but this is why I don't have a name or a face so I can say what I want. So that whole job thing is just fake outrage you're using to mm-hmm. try to bolster your point. And then also, if it upsets you, don't look at it. That's mm-hmm. that's also it. Now, also, if you want to and you don't really care about social media in that way, like where you're like, I need followers. You can also make it where only the people who follow you can see your tweets. Oh, lock just, the account. Yeah, lock it up so they can't see nothing. And then it's just to your circle. And I say that's a really quick and easy way to be over it. To, I mean, to make sure that they can't see stuff. Um, you know, I think that because I know I think that my mom also uses social. Like she, she, she doesn't have the account, but I know my cousin told me when they were together where she was like, my mom, your mom asked me to pull up your Instagram. <laughs> like what she, she wanted to see what I was, you know, um, but so it's like you know they're they're all they're all they're nosy they want to be in your life but it's also like you don't like what you see so stop it Mm -hmm. you hurt yourself mom and dad 
<laughs> you're looking, you're getting information you don't like, and now you want to have an intervention just because I'm out here getting some. Getting I mean, some strain. Ari, you kind of grew up with this. Like, there was a, at least a period of, of my life and a little bit of Naomi's where the internet did not exist. And mm-hmm. social, social media didn't exist. Until we were full-blown adults. We were, so yeah, we were. Right. So I'm, I'm a little curious if this has been a, if this is something you grew up with. Well, I mean, to... hello, Tumblr for fandom. Sure. What, right. 12, well, no, no, 11, 12? <laughs> what fan, yes. First of all, what fandoms are we talking about here? Doctor Buffy? Who. Okay. Doctor Who. No, I didn't watch Buffy. Yeah, know, Buffy it was, was like the boring, boring. you know, <laughs> the nerd, the sci-fi ones. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, okay. So I feel like what's weird about I feel like a lot of kids now have a little bit more like parent intervention with internet. Like there's a lot more like censoring what they see and what they like post and stuff. Like, but I didn't have any of that. Like growing up, like my parents had no idea what was going on online. Like they didn't know what Tumblr was, let alone that I had three separate accounts on Tumblr or like two Twitters, one to talk about my feelings and one to like be myself. Like it was just. There was no regulation whatsoever on, like, what content I had access to. And in some ways, that was great because it meant that I had access to things that my parents, like, didn't support in quotes, but, like, probably I needed to, like, know about, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, but then there's also, like, you know, super awful human beings online who, like, try, you know, try to hurt children. Like, there is a lot of, like, stuff that I feel like... I, I don't know. I just I just think that the truth of the matter is that, like, my parents really didn't know what was going on online at all, ever. And so I definitely grew up with the internet, but I didn't grow up with internet in the way that, like, a lot of people now are. It's not the same internet as it is now. Hmm. Like, my parents now have feelings. I'm sh- I had a conversation with my mom recently about how I'm, like, super out online, and she's like, isn't that dangerous? I'm like, yeah, but, like, not because of me. Like, that's not my fault. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. but my parents had no idea that, like, that, that that even, you know, was something that could occur online before. Like, they never mm. thought about it before. So I don't, I don't know. It's like, I grew up with it, but it's just, it's just changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a person who's got to stand firm with the parents and the boundaries. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to hear your takes. I know what I'm doing or rather I've decided that I'm willing to deal with whatever consequences come, you know, my own personal life. And I will address them as they come, but not from you. You're not parenting me right. anymore in that way. That's not like, I understand that you have your concern or you want to be in, but you got to stop. You got to stop. You got to shut them down. You got to say no more. <sighs> No more. Tell but, your parents to stop buying catheters from commercials. Yes. Fox News. <laughs> Fox and- commercials about catheters. They're stressed out because Tucker Carlson was fired. They're sad. Mm-hmm. They need something to do with this energy. <laughs> so they're over here reading your Twitter. Tell them to start like, a literally- garden. Start a garden in the backyard <laughs> and get off of Twitter. Stop monitoring right. my Twitter, mom. And you know what? Grow some tomatoes. <laughs> Grow <laughs> some tomatoes sounds like a euphemism. I don't know what they, what do you grow some tomatoes? I don't know. Honestly, I feel like someone would say that in Greece, Rise of the Pink Ladies. It would be like so something true. from the 50s. Like maybe. a 50s thing, yeah. Grow some tomatoes. I don't know. Grow some tomatoes. <laughs> We've lost. Because that's how they said tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Final question. Jackie Hoffman. 
She liked that in real life. Yes. <laughs> she's, she's so much. I, I, she's hilarious. She's like she's one, one of, of the favorites. funniest people that I've. She's so Yeah, funny. she's so funny. She has a comedy show that I haven't been able to see in New York. I think yes. it's, it's happening again. I think she's coming back. I'm going to try to see it. But she's so funny. She's like hilarious and so much. And like how she is on Twitter is how she is in real life. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, she is exactly who she says she is. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. A gift. I mean, it's a pact. It's, it's funny. Cause, um, it's like with so many things on streaming too, there's a slow burn, right? Like it takes time mm-hmm. for people to find it and then they get into it. And now it's like the conversations around it. It's like a it. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, it's coming, it's burning, it's happening. They're watching. <laughs> We're watching. It's happening. It's very exciting. All right. It's very exciting. Ari. 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 Yes. Ari, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining Thank you so much. <laughs> this was so much fun. I'm like I, podcast initiated. I feel it. Yeah. You know what? It'll, it, honestly, it doesn't get better than this. So you know what I mean? This is <laughs> the best. True. This so is real. the best. This is the only good podcast. <laughs> That's true. The two polls, w- uh, one end is couples therapy. The other end is like Jordan Peterson's podcast or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So... So this is the end. I think I'll stay over here. I think <laughs> stay over here. The water's warm. I think this warm. is the good side. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 